So we just got about another, another minute or so. All right, and so as I mentioned, we are going to be following the order of evening prayer tonight. So if you open your hymnals to page 243, 243, we are following the order of evening prayer, and Lily's going to be my assistant tonight. Are you going to help, Lily? Oh, man. I was going to let you preach. Shoot. So we're on page 243 in the order of evening prayer. And so we will begin. Please stand. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. And the day is almost over. Let your light scatter the darkness. And illumine your church. Joyous light of glory. Of the immortal Father. Heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ. We have come to the setting of the sun. King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, for you are merciful and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Let my prayer rise before you, as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Oh Lord, I call to you. Come to me. Let my prayer 
Let us pray, and let us pray the prayer that is on, on your page in your hymnal together. Let the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, O Lord, and let your love and kindness descend on us, that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and the whole heavenly host, and may glorify you forever. Amen. We sing our first hymn. It's number 338 in your hymnal, number 338. two readings for this evening, and the responses to those readings you'll find at the bottom of the page that we are on. The first reading comes from Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said, Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. O Lord, have mercy on us. I invite the children's choir to come forward, please. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, choir. That is one of my favorite Advent songs. So thank you for uh, enriching our worship here this evening. The second reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. It is the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus comes to visit their home. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the, prep, by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh man, how many days until Christmas? I don't see how I'm going to be ready. Can't you do, do more to help me? Do I have to do all the shopping by myself? No, I can't make it to church. I, I have to get this project done for work, plus I have to get to the store. They're open on Sundays, and if I get there early, I can beat the crowds. What? Join you for devotions this morning? Are you kidding? I can't. I don't have time. How can you take time for that when we have so many things to do around the house? Now, am I being a little bit too cynical by suggesting that people make such comments? Probably. But there are many cares and things that upset us, and they can sometimes be worse during the so-called happiest time of the year. On top of the usual pressures like job, stress, monthly bills, struggles with relationships, there are now the holiday pressures of extra events, presents to buy and gatherings to plan. Who would have thought that activities that are supposed to be focused on Christ could be so stressful? Well, it was true for Martha. Jesus was actually at her house. Should not that have been a joyous time? Well, in our text, Martha was concerned about getting things ready for Jesus. And she was obviously stressed out. Jesus had come to be a guest in her home. And she was not meeting her expectations for hosting him. So she cries out in frustration. First, she is annoyed with Jesus. Imagine that the one she was supposed to be hosting. Don't you care, she says, that my sister has left me to serve alone? Then she demands of her Lord, tell her to help me. And right now. But what was Mary doing? She was in her home, listening to the words of Jesus. Martha was not able to do that right away. Her heart was sealed up with cares and worries that were resisting the Word of God. 
In last week's sermon, we looked at a story that Jesus had told called the parable of a sower, and it revealed strong obstacles to our hearing the word of God, to receiving, as Jesus said, the one thing needed. We call these obstacles the unholy trinity, the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Last week, we were reminded that Satan is constantly working to snatch away the word of God, like a bird that gobbles up a seed before it can be planted. Today, we are facing another planting problem described in the parable. Jesus said, a sower went out to sow. And some of the seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. This planting problem was called by rocky ground with shallow soil. He said, this is what happens when the Word of God fails to penetrate into our hearts. It does not develop deep deep roots that can sustain. Roots that can sustain us under the scorching heat of pressure and persecution. If this can happen with one of Jesus' close personal friends like Martha, who dearly loved Jesus and wanted to serve him, then it can be a challenge for any of us on any given day. And so then, in replying to Martha's outburst, Jesus gives her something that she really needs. He lovingly speaks a word of law. He gently rebukes her, and then he redirects her attention to what he calls the one thing needed. Martha, Martha, he says, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. In other words, stop it. Be quiet and listen. Yet into these words of law, he also weaves words of gospel hope. He talks about the one thing needed and the better part. We can observe from another encounter with Jesus that he was giving her hope in himself through his words. After all, the one thing needed is his dying and his rising to save sinners. The better part is the hope of eternal life that he came to bring. Now, Martha doesn't know it at this point, but she will be facing some scorching stress and pressing persecution in the days ahead because, you see, her brother Lazarus will die. Her dear friend Jesus will be crucified. It was no doubt that because of encounters like this that God's word broke her heart's broke up her heart's hard ground and put down deep gospel roots. We do know that when Lazarus died, she confessed in the one thing needed, the resurrection of her Lord Jesus Christ. At that time, with a much smaller degree of anxiety and a much worse situation, she confidently confessed this, I know that Lazarus will rise again. I know that he will rise again on the last day. And I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the one we hoped would come into the world, she says. After that, basis for this hope would soon be realized as God's plan of salvation took final shape. 
After Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, his opponents came to their house in Bethany looking for Jesus to crucify him. Later, they would be successful. However, it was revealed as Jesus rose from the dead that this was all God's plan to provide the one thing needed to save sinners, which today leads us to the two, which today leads us to desire the better part as well. It is a better part than the expressions of holiday stress I shared earlier. It involves a word of repentance and faith to focus on the one thing needed. As we shared last week, a function of our Advent sermons this year is to encourage the practice of daily household devotions. Just as Jesus came to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, we desire that he come to be present with us as well. He does so by his word. That is why we are, in, we, that is why we are encouraging one another with the practice of daily devotions. The first thing is simply to invest time in daily devotion to the Word of God, moving from Martha's busy activity to Mary's focused listening. And whatever helps you develop a habit or a routine in order to do that, then do that. A second goal for daily devotions is to let the Word of God address us as Jesus did Martha, calling for repentance and faith in the one thing needed. In service to that goal, I will share a way that is simple yet reliable for carrying out a devotion. There are lots and lots of other, of, of, of other approaches that are good, too. This is just one way. It is the plan for morning and evening prayer in Luther's small catechism. If you do not have a small catechism in your home, come find me after church and I will get you one. This plan provides a word of law in the Ten Commandments, and besides giving God's guidance, this also breaks up our hearts in repentance as we recognize our sin. The catechism then presents the Apostles' Creed as a summary of the saving gospel. These words plant in our hearts the one thing needed for life and salvation. And the final part to this is the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus teaches us to talk with God in ways that strengthen us to face the daily realities of life. This includes the stresses of the holiday season, and also much worse, as it was true for for Martha. Last week, I asked us to envision a Scenario where members of a family, be it a household of one, two, three, or more, sat down for a short 15-minute daily devotion. Think of it as being like Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now I'd like to add to that vision someone who has something distressing going on in his life, a character perhaps like Martha. But because the daily devotion is now a holy habit, this person still encounters Jesus and his word, despite the sufferings. And that word redirects him or her to the one thing needed to find hope in the promises of Christ, confessed by Martha at Lazarus' grave. What could have been a bad day, what could have led to being scorched by despair, now handles the heat. There are roots laid down by the word of God so that even the hottest of stresses cannot 
cause this life to wither, but rather to flourish. Therefore, we continue to pray this evening and every day, come, Lord Jesus, daily and deliver us to the one thing that is needed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand as we sing the Magnificat together. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He
Please stand for prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matt and for Lee, for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. For Donald, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. Let us pray together the Collect for Peace. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Taught by our Lord and trusting in his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive. 
Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Please be seated. We sing our final hymn, number 862, in your hymnal, number 862. Which one were you? 682. Not 862. Oh dear. Well, anybody else want to be pastor tonight? Anybody? No? Okay. So we're going to do 682. Is that right? Huh? Okay, then that's what we will do.
Just one closing announcement before we conclude with our service here this evening. As I am sure that most of you have heard, our brother in Christ, Fred Shane, passed away yesterday, and uh, his funeral has been set for this coming Sunday at 2 p.m. here at the church. There will be a visitation Saturday evening. I believe it starts at 5, um, but you will want to check the website, uh, the uh, Buchanan website, uh, to verify that. Uh, but I believe that it starts at 5 o'clock on Saturday, and then the funeral will be at 2 p.m. here uh, at our church. So please keep the Shane family in your prayers during this week. Uh, with that, I pray that you all have a very blessed rest of your week, and I look forward to seeing all of you very soon.